Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with host David Sharman and Chris. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast. As we come to you with the first episode, our second episode will be will, will be posted maybe Saturday or Sunday morning. So be on the lookout for that. Um, before before we get into a, the first topic, which is going to be the quarterback trades, um, we want to give a rest in peace to uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, shoot, sorry. Marty, I'm going to call him Marty. Um, passed away yesterday, age 77. Um, if y'all guys want to say a little bit about him, y'all can go right ahead. Yeah, you know Wait, what? Uh, just starting to watch football in the early 80s and mid-80s uh, as I got more into football and stuff. He was a guy I always rooted for. You know, even though he wasn't coaching my team, uh, I always rooted for the Browns. Um, and then the Chiefs, and then the Chargers, always rooted for him because he was such a good guy, great coach, um, you know, talk about being unlucky or whatever in the playoffs, um, you know, with the Browns between John Elway's drive and then the fumble in Denver, um, you know, he was close. He was close to going to the Super Bowl a few times and then with, with uh, the Chargers, he had a really good team. But um, and he coached a lot of great players, a lot of Hall of Famers, and nobody's going to say anything bad about him. But um, definitely, like when when he a couple few days ago when they announced that he was going into hospice, and you knew where this was going to go, you know, you know he was going to you know be passing away soon. But um, definitely, a, you know, like a part of my early childhood watching the game definitely was was kind of like taken away from me uh, when you know, after hearing that he passed because so many memories in the eighties and nineties watching football had Marty Schottenheimer as the coach, you know, and, um, you know, his, uh, sound bites, you know, on, on the NFL films, you always see, they're always great. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he gets into the hall of fame, you know, now, you know, it's sad that he won't be able to see it but at least his family would be able to appreciate it if, if he gets voted in. But definitely rest in peace to one of the greats in the NFL. Everything you just said, um, definitely um, one of those guys that you wish uh, could uh, could have won one. Um, I don't have the long history of watching him that you do, um, but I appreciated uh, one in the kind of coach he was from afar you know, watching him coach his teams. So um, uh, I, any human being going dealing with Alzheimer's, man, uh, that's a, just a sad thing. It's a horrible thing for a family to deal with, um, or a horrible thing for a human being to deal with, uh, how slowly just uh, just eats, a, eats away at you. Um, rest in peace, man. And uh, like, like Chris said, I hope, that his name stays around the football for a long time. And you know what? He was he, he had 200 wins as a, as a you know in his regular season as a head coach. Winning percentage was 613. Um, yeah, his playoff record obviously everybody's going to point to uh, an 18 game. Uh, yeah, he was five and 13 in the playoffs. But um, you know he just didn't get some breaks in the playoffs. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully they, they do put him in eventually in the Hall of Fame because he's definitely a big part of the, uh, the history of the NFL. Sure. I just figure if you won in, if you, if you have won in seasons, you're, you're at least you're still accomplished some, I'm sorry, you're accomplishing something as a coach. You know, there's coaches that, that got losing records that haven't accomplished a damn thing. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, so he accomplished a lot and, you know, and hopefully his name does stays stays with the NFL for for a long time coming. All right, so let's talk about the quarterbacks. All right, trade rumors. Let's start off with Donald. Donald was a uh, receiving office. Um, JD receiving office for Donald. Multiple teams. Um, this is not shocking to me. So um, so Charmin, where 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 I know it's early, but still, like, what do you think about that? And and if and if you see Donald getting traded, um, what team do you think he could get traded to? Uh, the evaluation process uh, by the coaches um, will be, will will you know will eventually figure this whole thing out. But in my opinion, I, I think I've said it before. Um, 
I think I think I think he should be um, in. I think after, I think the fact that we're um, in a position where um, the market for quarterbacks are as hot as it is right now, um, with with uh, with uh, the the names coming up, you know, over and over again. Um, problems with uh, the Eagles and Carson Wentz, uh, problems with Deshaun Watson, uh, problems with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. And there's so many teams just, uh, you know, just waiting <laughs> or just, just, you know, chomping at the bit to get their hands on one of those guys if they, if they spring free that it, it, it just it just creates a market for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback that hasn't realized a ceiling that a lot of people think he has. So I think I think depending on what the Jets see Sam as, um, there there's definitely a market for him. Um, Adam Schefter at one point said that there's a possibility that the Jets could get a one from him for him. And all what I just said about the market right now, the QB market would kind of uh, push it to that level. You know, it makes sense that if there's people like I heard, there's a rumor Carolina. Um, I think they were picking eighth this year and they, they kind of uh, threw the eighth in there for, um, for the, um, for the lions uh, QB um, before he was traded, Matthew Stafford. Um, if they're that desperate, in my opinion, you know, um, Sam Donald, is he a, an option? You don't know. I, it's as it's how the teams view him, you know, in my, if you look at him from what I believe him to be, um, just within the Adam Gay system, he struggled so badly that, especially this year, and everybody makes the excuses that, oh, he did not, his offensive line was bad and this and that and the other. And I understand that to a point, but some of those, some of those things you just keep seeing over and over again, watching the film is very concerning. Now, is it Adam Gase's fault? And, and I'm not as educated and I'm not educated enough on football to, to, to talk to that level, to speak to that level of scheme. Um, uh, so I won't, I won't even go there, but I, I think there's a market for him. I think there's a market for him. Um, what, the, what are the Jets willing to? That's going to be the ultimate question in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think also it really is going to come down to um, can they get Watson? I don't, I I don't know. My guess is that they're not going to trade him unless they know they're going to get Watson. I'm not sure if I, I, I don't think he's going to be part of that package to go for Watson because maybe the Texans will probably want our two pick and then they'll want to pick their own quarterback. But um, I, I definitely think they could get a, a first round pick for him because, you know, like you were saying too, the, the quarterback position in the league, and we've been saying this for a couple of years now is that it's very thin. And, you know, Donald, as, as questionable he's been in the first three years, there's going to be a coach, and I think you've said it before, Charmin, that's going to say, you know what, I can, I, can, I can get all of that talent out of him, and he'll be fine. You know, I, I can fix him. I can do this. I can do this with him. And there's always going to be at least one that's going to be able to – that's going to say that and going to say, hey, listen, I'll give up a first-round pick for him. And we've seen the Rams. You know, they obviously – don't value first round picks whatsoever. So I'm sure there's going to be a team out there that, that would be willing to give up a first round pick for, for uh, Sam, because he's still young. It's only, yeah, he went through three years. We could bring up the gay thing, but he's still young. He's still 23, 24 years old. So he could still be, I hate to use the word fixed because I don't think he's broken, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody could tap into that potential that he has. But, um, but I think with, with the Jets, if they know they're going to get uh, Watson, if once Watson becomes available, then I think the Jets would move Sam, obviously, somewhere else. I don't think they're going to keep him, too. But if, if for some reason they can't get Watson, whether he's not going to be traded 
or if he goes to another team, I think the Jets are going to go and ride and ride this one year with with Sam and see how how they could do with him um, instead of drafting you know Wilson or Fields at, with the number two pick. That's that's my opinion, but I do I do see a first round pick for him if if he becomes if it's you know if it comes to that. Oh, oh, it's my goal. Um, I, <laughs> I, you, I, you know how I feel about Sam Darnold. I'm, I'm not even going to be about the bush with it. I'm going to make it short and sweet. I think, I think Kyle Shanahan is high on Darnold. And I was thinking of a three-team trade. Sam Darnold goes to the 49ers. Jimmy G goes to the Patriots, back with Belichick. And I don't know if the Jets will get the first round pick, but I feel like if you give the Jets the um the 49ers second rounder and the Patriots second rounder, I think I think it all goes up from there. I'm not don't don't call me crazy, but I just right, but it all it all works, it all it all works out to me. Because Sam Darnold, because if Kyle Shanahan, because I, I read the article, I read an article the other night, which made made a lot of sense because Kyle Shanahan was was high on Darnold, listening to a couple of interviews from him. If he that would be the that would be the coach that could I think that could bring Darnold back back high. It might not be easy, but I think he'll be the one that could get Sam Sam on track. And Jimmy G going back with Belichick might might be a the magic waiting to happen for Belichick again. Who knows? But I just feel like if we're gonna move on, move on in the right direction. So that that would be my three team trade, and maybe and maybe that trade will also help the Jets get Watson too. So who who knows? So that's that's just my take on on that. Um, I just don't but get. The, let's, I, I just no, 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 right. yeah. I, I like your idea actually. I think it makes a lot of sense for all the teams, but I. The part I don't understand, even before you said that, I don't understand the 49ers trying to move on from, from Jimmy G. You know, I mean, he's still, what, 29, 30 years old. So he's not old yet. I mean, he's still signed for another year after this year. So at a decent rate, 25 million or whatever it is. So, um, right. But his I mean, injury, but, but, you right. know, there you go. him being yeah. an injury prone is just, it's, it's, right. it's too much. You, if you can't get a full season from Jimmy G, where, where, like, you know, like, where is it going to go for the 49ers? So, and so get a young quarterback. Um, like, if Jimmy G could play a whole season with, with Belichick, great. But if not, but if not, then we know, we know what it is. So, so you're right. If he gets his young quarterback, um, if he gets his, if he gets his young quarterback, if he's high on Donald, and, and you could get both of them second rounders from both teams. That that makes it better for for us to get Watson on the trade because we got three second rounders, two first rounders, two thirds, which is which is freaking crazy. But even if we didn't trade for Watson, that would still be amazing to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Keep building. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. Actually, I, I agree with you a lot. I, I would love to get Watson, and if it's you know if it's going to cost us a couple of first rounders, maybe three of them, and maybe a couple of second rounders, then. You know what? Let's do it, man. We haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath, <laughs> so um, I am all for getting Watson. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, it's, so either way, so either way, at the end of it, at the end of it, it's no, it's no love loss on on this whole thing because we we because JD has has a leverage and 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 not a, a lot of people might not see it, but I think he has a, a real good leverage in this situation. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Jets. The Jets are. The Jets are definitely playing with a with a better hand than most teams right now. When if you look at it, I think I said that before. Um. In 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 I think in our previous episode we were talking about just the just the the sheer um weight of a of a of a number two pick and what 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 do teams need more than anything else? QB. What is available? At number two, Justin Fields and Kyle Wilson, two of the high, the better or <laughs> Zach, higher. Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach John. Wilson. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kyle, Kyle Wilson. Really? 
no, no, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> the only team, um, the only team that can offer the picks like us is like the Dolphins because they have the three picks. Right. That's but it. It's going to come down to like when the Texans finally get smart and say, all right, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's trade Watson. Once they name their price, but if their price starts with players as well, that's where I think, um, you know, a team like yeah, Joe Douglas, he might be like, eh, I don't I don't want to give you Beckton. I don't want to give you Quinn and Williams, you know, because that's what they're going to ask for. I mean, who else are they going to ask for on our team if they ask yeah, for players? I, 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 will, <laughs> I, will, I will say I will say this, and I, if I didn't say it before, I'll say it again. You don't, you don't get when you pick a a player where you pick um where you pick uh Becton or where you picked um Q uh Quinnen Williams, and they actually work out to what you think they were. You don't give them up. I, I'm even in this situation, I would not give them up because I think we talk about the about the draft pick and what it what it's worth. And I think we leave out the fact that it's a crapshoot. You never know what you're gonna get. Sometimes you pick players high up, and you never, and they, and they just don't pan out. And sometimes even time is something that's really relevant in this situation. Sometimes you pick a player, and you need him to to validate his pick within a specific time frame. Normally, because the coach is only only has a four year contract or something like that you high or the gm has a three-year contract remaining or something like that or two years remaining on his contract you don't want to pick that guy and whilst you're the gm or whilst you're the coach he does not reach the level you thought he should have and then he only reaches it after you've been let go because he didn't reach his his the ceiling you thought he had and that's one of the reasons why you lost your job you understand what i'm saying yeah the fact to me that Quinn and Williams is a win. Beckton is a win. Those guys are guys that you that that JD has has drafted. I mean, I mean, JD didn't draft um, Quinn and Williams, but but those are young guys that have been dra- that are, were drafted that actually panned out, and you can't get that. Um, there's there's names of guys that you know off the top of your head that were drafted in the top 10 and they're still just average players. So, so in my opinion, man, if that, if it, if it comes down to taking one of those young studs, I I'm not, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm out because I'm not going to cut my nose to spike my face as much as I say that it's, that is so needed that we need a franchise quarterback, like, like uh, Watson, I think team wise, because I don't know what a, if if you're watching football, man, it's still a still a team sport, the ultimate team sport. One guy can't win it. And I, to mm-hmm. me, that's that that's going to be the the difference in us getting him and not getting him. Because I think other teams like Miami, they could offer uh, who's that who's the the corner that they have. That's really good. Oh, oh um, Ramsey, um, Z- Xavier, Miami. No, 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 sorry. Which one are you talking about, Chris? Miami's corner, right? Yeah. Oh, Howard Xavier, is his name? Xavier and Howard. Xavier, right, Howard. Xavier and Howard. Yeah. Right. If they could offer that and their number three pick and a couple of more picks, two or three, one or whatever, you know, put a package around that kid, that that might get it done. If if that's what they want, they might just say, "Listen, give us three first round picks." two second rounders and we're good. You know, maybe that's what they're going to offer, but maybe Miami might say, we'll give you that minus the second round pick, but we'll give you this kid on top. So, you know, I think until the Texans come out and, you know, cause they have to do it. That's the other thing. They have to trade him because he's not happy. And you know what? Let's say they, you know what? Let's say they call his bluff. They go into camp and what if he finally comes back? Right. And he's not happy. He's not going to be happy if he comes back. He's not going to be happy to come back because he wants to leave. So let's say camp starts and he comes back and goes, all right, fine, I'm coming. He's going to come back, not a happy guy. And he's also going to spread around whatever he knows that he's not happy about. He's going to tell everybody, you know, on the team. And, 
he's going to uh, have more people saying, you know what? I want out of here too. I can't believe how about, how about that to you. How about everybody knows already? <laughs> that could be too, right? Because, and that's going to affect the free agencies, you know, the free agents signing it. Who's going to want to be go there? Nobody. So they news a news spreads very fast. Yeah, so no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 you know so we're talking about quarterbacks getting um, um, on the traded quarterbacks, and of course we have to talk about Watson. And there hasn't been any new news other than the fact that. Um, I think um, the the president for the Texans getting um, uh, he's re, he's what is he stepping down or he's resigning or whatever, and and that might have absolutely nothing to do with Watson at all. But again, just keep compounding the fact that the optics of the situation paints the Texans as a dumpster fire, and no matter what you do. I don't care if you don't want to trade Watson or whatever. The only way you really rescue this team is by letting Watson go and getting something new for him and then restarting afresh. That's the only way you do this because literally you you the, every day that's passed they're killing themselves in my opinion anyway. Right. Exactly cuz and, and then once you get into free agency, teams are going to start making moves on their own. They're going to start signing guys, cutting guys, whatever, you know, to get under the cap or whatever they're going to do. So they're not going to even be thinking about Watson because they're going to think, all right, you know what? If he's not available, we have to move on. We have to put a team on, on the field. So then they're going to lose some of the teams that would have tried to go for him. And then if it gets into the draft, once that first round is over, Literally, once once the first three picks are done, then yep. then they're not going to get a high pick anymore. So then it's over. Yeah. So then they're just going to get draft picks, and who knows where they're going to be? Probably lower if you're getting a team with uh, Deshaun Watson on them. So I think they have to do it, you know, before the new uh, the new the new league year starts, because after that they they start losing teams that are going to be involved, and they're going to lose their whatever whatever possible packages they're going to get, they're going to start losing them every day into the new league year and teams start signing guys and moving guys and making moves. So they got to make a decision and it's got to be pretty quick. You know, by the end of this month, they better be like, listen, we, we got to move him because, you know, now it's now or never basically. So it's interesting how this is going to last uh, go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll keep up with it week by week. Um, Russell Wilson, ah, wow. Um, no trade clause, but he, he uh, his camp doesn't seem very happy that Wilson is not not being protected, and not just that. Um, they asked him about a trade, and he said, "Well, that's not my my concern to answer it. That's a Seahawk question." So we know he's not going to get traded. But um, how long do you think the Wilson will the Wilson uh, situation will last? You know what? This came up. A couple of years ago before he signed that big contract <laughs> that extension and i could definitely see him being moved i don't think it's going to be this year um because of the contract but i could see him being moved in another year or so because you know he's what 32 now 33 um and you know just but the, some of the things he's saying now it's starting to come out you know like i've been hit a lot you know we have to, we, we have to get better. I also have to get better. You know, like this year we, we spoke about it too. They were so hot the first, what, six, seven weeks. Yep. They, he looked like an MVP. They looked unstoppable for a while. And then something happens there and they just went straight down. So he's, yeah, he's going to be 33 next this year, this season. So um, it's going to be interesting what happens here because I, I could definitely see him getting moved without a doubt. But this year, I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's a lot for him to get moved now. Um, but uh, it is interesting that he's not happy now and this whole thing is coming up. It seems like that's a, a trend now around the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it seems like it's a trend. And uh, organizationally, um, not keeping your star quarterback happy 
uh, is a recipe for disaster. So I don't understand why this is happening over and over again. None of this, none of these organizations and their treatment of their star quarterbacks make absolutely no sense to me. Um, I think we've we we've beaten a dead horse with the Texans, um, pun intended. Um, we've uh, we um, with with uh, the the with the Seahawks. One of the things that kind of uh, infuriates me is that I understand that you're a defensive coach and you're a defensive team by by default, but you have one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the last ten years in the NFL. Nothing to, to to protect him, subpar talent at or at offensive line constantly. Um, I'm just scraping by with guys trying to turn turn average linemen into above average linemen over and over and over again. And the problem is you haven't won once. You haven't won once. You haven't actually made your plan work once. If if they had taken a subpar guy or a middle of the road guy and then turned him into a damn near elite protector, then I would be like, okay, then I understand you have some kind of formula going on here, but there's no formula. So I don't understand why that is a thing, you know, oh, run the ball a million times. Listen, it works for him, but you don't only need run blocking guys. You need guys to protect him. He gets hit too much. So we need to change the way we do things. We need to change the way we call offense. Probably that will help with the with the with the with Schottenheimer being out and um, their new. They have a new offensive coordinator, Chris. You know, you know his name. Uh, I forget his name, but um, but um, you know, I, I'm just uh, the whole thing. In my opinion, is just is just kind of crazy. Um, and they should. Instead of instead of him being moved, they should do whatever it takes to keep him there and keep him happy, because um, that's what you do when you have a franchise quarterback. It's hard to get one. I'm a Jets fan. I know we've been trying for a long time. Yeah. So when you have one, you try to keep him there as long as possible. You try to protect him, and 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 everybody and all the other organizations having issues with their quarterback. Man, hey, send them over here, man. We'll take them. We'll take care of them. Oh, definitely. And you know what, too? Like, and you think about it, you talk about not winning. They have not gotten past the divisional round in the playoffs since they lost the Super Bowl in 2014. That was seven years ago. That's, 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 that goes to show you how hard it is, man. Everybody, everybody likes to say that getting us, I'm going to the Super Bowl. They talk about it like, like it's the easiest thing ever. It's just like, you know, every other, you know, every time in history, we've, we've had this conversation about teams that are very good. And we always say, Hey man, you're going to have another, Hey, mm-hmm. when you get to the Super Bowl, you better, you better, you better, you better leave everything there because most likely you ain't coming back. And you know what? I could definitely see the, the guy's name is Shane Waldron who became yes. the Seahawks office. Yes. I could see him. And just in the stuff that you read, is that he's connecting more with Pete Carroll and the way that they're going to probably run the ball more than what, than what they did this year. So I think they're going to go back to that type of uh, philosophy. I think this year they put the, uh, the emphasis more on Russell Wilson, you know, throwing the ball a little bit more than, than what he has in previous years. And it, it worked for, you know, six, seven weeks, but then, it just didn't work. And it wasn't just him either, obviously, because the defense was giving up points like crazy, you know, other than game against yeah. the Giants. So um, that's a whole other issue. But um, yeah, I, I could definitely see a, a little bit of a difference. And maybe that could add to maybe Russell Wilson wanting to get out of there too, because he probably wants to be more of a, a, a quarterback instead of a guy just handing the ball off and, you know, a run first offense. Maybe he wants to open up more. I don't know, but um it's it's interesting that he's saying things again I don't mind you know here's another thing too I don't mind a quarterback you know saying oh you know we need to add this we need to be this but to me it should be more with the head coach and with the offensive coordinator talk to them you know go to them and say guys listen I've been running I ran for my life this year we need some more protection we need 
give me a, a, a tackle, get me a, a, a running back. We need a, you know, we need this, we need that. I have no problem with the quarterback and the quarterback should do that. You know, he should be in on a conversation, you know, maybe not signing guys himself, but he should be out there saying, listen, guys, we need this, we need that. And, you know, especially a guy, you know, as good as Russell Wilson is obviously not a rookie quarterback, but a veteran who's the captain of the team should definitely be up there talking to the coordinator, talking to the head coach and saying, you know, we need to add this. We need to be better. We can't be, you know, 10 and six every year and get knocked out early in the playoffs. We need to win games. We need to, we need to get back to the Super Bowl. It's as simple as that. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't find any, uh, a lot, any of the things he said egregious in my opinion, um, guys like that. I'm, I've, I, I, you know, I don't know him personally, but it all, it seems like these talking points come up after they've probably exhausted every other um, a, um, avenue, all the avenues you just mentioned. Maybe he's been talking to Pete and asking <laughs> Pete and, or the GM or whoever else, you know, and he's now out there, you know, saying the same things that he's been saying in private because nobody wants to listen. You never know. You know, this is this, these are always going to be the be the secrets of the NFL that normally come out in a thirty for thirty or something like that. <laughs> years later, you know about about what exactly is going on uh, behind the scenes. But uh, but I, I don't I don't find it egregious at all what he um, what he said. I I feel like you know Russell Wilson uh, case you got to protect the hot commodity which is Wilson. So you know like. They they got to find some way to protect them. We talked about we talked about this probably the last the last half of the week of the season going into the playoffs when the Rams defense dominated. Um, they got to find some way to protect them because he he could still play five maybe maybe ten more years like Brady, you know. So just protect them. That's that's all. And you know the hot commodity is happy then. There it goes, and we don't have to hear none of this. But yeah, I'm about to say I'll 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 take Wilson, but I don't think he's going nowhere anytime soon. So yeah, there it goes. And last but not least, Chris, your, your boy Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> first, which is which is hot right now, in which he could be traded at any minute at any second, as we talking right now. He we hearing first round pick. We're, we're having multiple picks. We're having like, one rumor, Nick Foles in the first round pick. We're having hot, crazy things. But this is why this is why I think Schefter said about Darnold getting the first rounder for Darnold, which sounds crazy, but it's true. So um, go right ahead, Chris, and, and, and speak on how you feel about the win situation. Yeah, I, I said it from the beginning. I thought the Colts would be the best spot. And uh, from what I think uh, Chris Sims said on his show, he said he heard from his his insiders or whatever told him that uh, Wentz felt the same way that he would feel very comfortable going to the Colts, and that's his preferred place, or the Col or the Bears uh, as well. Um, and the Bears had that big, like you said, it was it was a first round pick, uh, Nick Falk and Terry Cohen as well um, for Wentz. And it sounds, it sounds okay, but again, it's just rumors. Now you're hearing uh, the value is coming down a little bit because now teams are like, whoa, let's, <laughs> let's not start at a first-round pick, you know? Like, I don't want to give up a first-round pick, fam, with this mm -hmm. contract because here's the other thing. Let's say if the Colts, best-case scenario, you know, for him, and he gets traded there, and let's say if he's still a mess mentally and he still, you know, craps out like he did this year then they're really going to be screwed because they gave up, let's say, a first-round pick for him, and they're going to have no quarterback. And this is a team like the Colts. they got a team to win now. They don't need a young quarterback that's going to be ready in a year or two. They need a guy that's going to win now. You know, none of this weight and crap and all this stuff. They want to win now. So they have to get somebody who they know they're going to bring in and they're 100% sure about. So that might be another reason why they're kind of – you know, saying, okay, maybe we'll think twice about bringing Wentzen because we don't know his, you know, his mind or his whatever messed him up last year might still carry over into this year. I mean, when he was with Frank Reich, 
he, you know, he played his, his best ball, right? In 2018, when he went to the Super Bowl, he got hurt the last couple of games. But that, that year, he, he probably would have won the MVP. If not, he would have been second to, um, to the Rams running back, Gurley. But I think, um, I think that's the Colts thinking. Like, yeah, we could get him in here. Frank Reich will connect with him and fix whatever his problems are. And he'll be fine. And he'll be back to what he was. But it's a big you know, you're taking a big chance because you're giving up, you know, even if it's only a second round pick, you still give it up, you know, to, and now you're absorbing the bad contract. Now you're absorbing the four year hundred and something million dollars that's left on, on the contract. So now if he does crap out again, now you're stuck with him, you know, now you got to try to <laughs> get rid of him. So like, it's like, you know, like the old end, jalopy. <laughs> yeah. So it's, to me, it's, it's gotta be, if the Colts don't want him, I, you know, and let's say the bears aren't that desperate. They are desperate, but let's say if they say, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, too much of a challenge. I don't know. What are the team Washington? I don't see them making a deal with Washington, even though they did trade McNabb there uh, years ago. Um, uh, maybe Carolina, right? Cause Carolina was big on uh, trying to get Stafford, maybe the 49ers, like you said, that could be another one. Um, so like you said, though, it could happen soon. Cause they want to, they want to trade him as much as I like Wentz. I think it's best for him to leave because obviously he's another one. He's not happy, whatever is, you know, but I think the bigger issue is, is all the way up top with the GM. I think Howie Roseman is, is the issue there, you know, and this all started a couple of years ago, not a couple, but a year ago when they drafted Jalen hurts early in the draft, you know, like, why do you draft him, you know, without saying, without insulting or without making your franchise quarterback think twice now. He's 28 years old. He just signed a, a long-term deal, and now you're going to draft the quarterback already behind him? I and not that. only that, not only that, they drafted him, but imagine the season they, he had just went through with very little skill position help. Right. And the first thing they did was draft a quarterback instead of trying to draft help at skill position. It smells like the uh, the Green Bay uh, situation, but at least Green Bay, at least, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is, okay, he's 37 or 36, 37, whatever he was. So, and this was like, a, and they did that to Brett Favre, but we talked about this. They did the same exact thing at the same exact age to Brett Favre. So the big difference is Rodgers still, you know, is an elite quarterback at this, and we've seen it this year. He's probably going to win MVP. So, um it's it's a different situation in that way, but I, I, I that's where it started to go downhill. Was that just the drafting of of uh, Jalen Hurts, you know? And and now it's it's coming to roost now, you know. So now now they got a problem on a hand to trade him, you know. And this was going to happen. It was it was going to become a mess, you know. Especially how this year went with Philly, with all the injuries they had on the offensive line, the receivers. They're still really bad at receiver, even with Deshaun Jackson, and he barely played anyway so um yeah it's a mess there and i and i you know what it does start from the top it does stop with howie roseman and now you're hearing other players say that 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 he's the problem you know and and think about it three years ago they loved him you know because they won the super bowl but that's how quickly it happens and they got rid of the head coach obviously he's not the problem because they're still saying there's a problem there so, and that's going to be a mistake in my mind. Someone's going to pick up Peterson and Peterson's going to be a good coach somewhere else without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can't say I'm the, my one point to add to everything you just said, which I agree with is the fact that um, Carson Wentz brought the Eagles to the player, to the playoffs with almost with uh, an injury-laden team with almost no help at at um or, or good or great play at at skill positions um positions um players right yeah last the, year, the year before not last year but the year before right, right? the only difference between that so, year and and this season was the offensive line was intact two years ago right so so you so you te- so you te- so so he has a bad season which happens to quarterbacks. There's right. been quarterbacks in in the past that had bad seasons before, right? He has a bad season, and then all of a sudden now everybody's off the the, the off his his bandwagon. Everybody thinks he's trash now, right. and he's and he can't recover. And you, you, you 
He's not worth all the money and all that. Listen to me. How are we not siding with the player here? How are we not saying the organization has failed him? Because I trust me, if it was the Jets, that's the first thing that people would be saying. You know, because the organization has failed Wentz. I don't care what anybody tell me. That's what they did. They failed him. Because when you pay a guy that that amount of money, yes, I understand protecting him, but you also have to get him weapons. And they got him. They tried to get him a weapon in the way, and and we Deshaun Jackson, and he hasn't been on the field for that long. And everybody else is subpar. You know, and that's that's the fault of the organization, like you said. I think that's the GM's fault. You know, Absolutely. but of course, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that you shouldn't criticize Car- Carson Wentz and what he is, uh, but don't tell me that he he's it's, he, he he's irredeemable at this point. He can't. He's trash or whatever. That makes absolutely no sense. Right. No sense at all to me. You know. We've seen him. So, we've seen him play at an elite level. So we've seen it with our own eyes, and it wasn't that long ago. So he could definitely get back to that. Everything, in my opinion, everything that you see him do and what he failed at was because he was pushing. He was pushing because he felt like he didn't have help and he needed to do everything in his power to get that team better. And he just kept forcing throws and forcing throws and his and you could see his men mechanics suffer because of that over and over again, which mechanics that were already not that pretty. You know, you put somebody under that kind of pressure, that's the kind of stuff that happens. That's all I'm saying, you know? So we'll see, man, um, what happens next. Mm, I just feel feel as if he goes to the Colts, you have have an upgrade from from Phillip Rivers. No disrespect to Rivers, you know, Rivers, it was at the end of his prime and, you know, shout out to Rivers, but, you know, I feel like Wentz will will give the coach something to um something maybe for years uh to bring them to that playoff atmosphere um maybe maybe AFC championship maybe but you know it'll it'll happen the trade will happen sometime this weekend next week it will happen very soon because that because that that's been the hot topic right now as of right now that's the hot topic so we'll we'll keep up with that and um. Before all of that, uh, shout out to the to Hall of Famers. Oh man, you got Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning, uh, what was it? Charles Wilson. Um, dang, I, I, how could I forget Drew, his name? Drew Pearson. Was, Drew Pearson. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been it was a whole lot of guys. I didn't even get the yeah. I didn't even get the look at them. But shout out to y'all. Y'all definitely deserve deserve it. Um. Especially Calvin Johnson, even though um, for what is for what it was said, him and uh, the Lions organization is finally work trying to work something out. So I don't know, but shout out to y'all. Y'all definitely deserve it, and you know, hope everything goes well. Oh, oh also, I, this topic didn't pop up. Uh, Cardinals and Patrick Peterson are parting ways. Um, what what team do do y'all think he can go to? Us. <laughs> we need quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we do need a corner. Um, um, age is always going to be an issue for me. Um, this is a guy that's down, going downhill at this point of his career. He's not at his peak anymore. Um, so that's going to be a problem for me. Also, what is what is he worth? What are we going to pay that guy? That's going to be also be a problem for me. There's a question for me, you know. But 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 we knew that they were going to part ways. Um, he is. We conversated about about uh, that rumor in the off season, um, this off season, and and the off season that passed uh, before we we spoke about that. So we knew that was coming. Real quick, if you want to, yeah, to the to the Hall of Fame guys, um, it was the whole list was Alan Fanica. He played for us. Yeah, well, shout out to Alan Fan. Uh, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, the yeah, the safety monster. Jeez. Yeah, Peyton Manning, of course, he was an automatic, and Charles Woodson. Yeah, uh, boy, another monster. Yeah, you know he was going in. Drew Pearson, like you said, Tom Flores, coach of the Raiders, two-time Super Bowl champ. He definitely deserved it. 
Um, the one guy I, as great as Calvin Johnson was, and I'm not saying he wasn't, I just, I was a little surprised he got in with only what I think nine years. I think he played nine seasons. Yeah. So I thought that was, you know, I, I maybe a little bit early for him to go in. I think he would have got in eventually, but uh, I was surprised he got in first, first ballot. You know, I thought maybe Tory Holt would have got in this year. Um, but um, no, I mean, good for him. Good for them. John Lynch too, you know, but he's been out for a while, so he, he deserves it. Yeah. You know? But, but, but man, come on, man. You know, I mean, I, I remember that defense, the Bucks defense, man, that defense. I mean, there were several linchpins or, or parts of that defense that made it run. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think Lynch was definitely one of them. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, that dude would destroy anybody. Yeah, he was and, one of the hardest hitters, without a doubt. Oh, man, I'm telling you, like, it's crazy remembering how this, like, you know, he definitely set the he set the table for who, like that game. You weren't catching the ball if you were. You saw him coming, eh, you better buckle your belt a little tighter. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the big, you know, interception guy like Woodson nope. was and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he only had like twenty something for his career, but. Without a doubt, one of the hardest hitters in the league ever. Woodson, yeah, Woodson was, of course, you know, unbelievable as a as a corner. Um, great career, did win a Super Bowl as well. So, um, yeah, the rest I have no problem with. You know, I think Tory Holt should get in wide receiver. I think he'll get in eventually too. He he put up some incredible numbers. Um, you know, we'll see next year. There's no like surefire guys next year, which is gonna make it interesting, you know. Uh oh. Who doesn't? So. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be having multi- a lot of conversations about this. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it gets critical and it gets real. Yep. So yeah, uh, let's let's review let's review uh, the Super Bowl. Um, don't ask me. I didn't watch the Super Bowl at all. It's no disrespect to Tom Brady. I am. I'm. The guy's been in for ten years. I'm I'm just tired of it. I just want to watch two different teams. I have not watched the Super Bowl in years. Do not ask me. I know Todd. Shout out to Todd Bowles, Steve McClendon on getting a ring. Um, I know Storm is gonna get more in tune about Todd Bowles' defense dominating. So I'm gonna let you go right ahead, Storm, and go for it. Yeah, um, that that was a that was of course a very disappointing Super Bowl. I think I think everybody um, thought that would would have been a better game, um, but but the performance put put on by the Bucks, I mean they, that was quite a performance, man. Um, to me, to me, that was just a um, not just the players, but the coaching staff on the level of play. Um, that was brought to that to to the table there was re- enormous. I think I think it had to take that level of performance by everybody on on the Bucks team to to silence uh, the the offensive juggernaut juggernaut that's the the Chiefs. Um, I think um, I I I did this thing where I, I made bulletin points on on the failures and and of the Chiefs. And uh, and how good the Bucks were, and the more the more I realized, the more points I put down, the more I realized that this was not just a failure on the part of the Chiefs. This was more of the Bucks just being outstanding, get, play in and play out throughout that game, that caused you know that just caused the the. Um, <laughs> The that's just caused the massive beatdown that none of us could have predicted. Um, but but some of the some of those things that I I I, I kind of put down was uh, was up front, um, not an excuse, but I think when you take your best offensive linemen, all of them, and all of your best most of your best offensive linemen are injured and out, then you take your backups, and not only do you take you have backups, but you switch their positions. Meaning if they were tackles, they played in guard. And if they were guard, they were tackles. And then they were playing probably one of the best front sevens in the NFL. That was a recipe for disaster. You know, um, the missed opportunities by the Chiefs. And we see that all, all the time in the NFL when we watch games. 
um, teams teams normally have these 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 just moments that they need to capture and they just fail at that you could go back and point to that would say you know that would miss that that uh, drops by Kelsey drops by Hill you know um um to me just horrible um play on um on, on other guys Watkins um 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 uh, what's the other kid's name uh, McCall Hardman um just horrible play by these guys not to um not to kind of uh help when teams were just taking advantage of Hill and 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 Kelsey and 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 um um the Bucks were just was doing everything they can to stop them um despite despite buying times Mahomes ran like I think he scrambled for 497 yards which is most by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era which is crazy you bought all this time and you couldn't find anybody open that speak that speaks to how good the coverage was downfield and also as good as the coverage was the adjustment to the ball that the chiefs were very good at you know they just to in my opinion they they really sucked at that i think that whatever game plan they came in with that was a bad that that game plan just wouldn't work and the adjustments off of that game plan were just wasn't going to work um the zone uh, calls by by Todd Bowles the the um, three deep safeties, um, two deep safeties at at very little times, but three there was almost almost there were three deep safeties almost every time um, they were covering a lot of quarters coverage, uh, like I said a lot of cover three, um, I mean that that confused the crap out of out of uh, out of Mahomes and and. To beat those zones, you need time, and he wasn't having any time because the the Bucks front seven was ridiculous. Um, and Todd Bowles, again, people people talk about how the edge players are very good, and it's true. But what Todd Bowles did, he did not just take his edge players and set them on the edge and let them loose. He had so many different manipulations of the front seven. He had sometimes he was playing three down linemen. There was a time I saw there was one play where Sue was the only down lineman, lineman and everybody else was stand, standing up. Um, so he he played so many different kinds of, of, of uh, alignments on the front. That literally, that, especially for guys that you know that are backups, you're causing so many issues for them, you know, when things are not exactly how they're supposed to. When you're dealing with an elite lineman, he knows and he has – he doesn't only have the athletic ability, but he also has the skill to counter certain stuff like that. But he's a backup. You can't, you know, you're not expecting him to play at that level. Um, so, so those are some of the things I saw on the chief side. Um, uh, one of the other things I wanted to point out is the, the fact that the chiefs uh, settled on five man protection too, too many times and didn't go max protection more, you know, um, that's one of the things, and the fact that they had eight penalties in the first half for 95 yards, that really killed them. You know, uh, a lot of those, in my opinion, there were a bunch of those that were tiki-tack fouls, but again, you know, if you add everything up that I just said, it still doesn't really play in their favor. Uh, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just, I was, uh, <laughs> I was very disappointed. Uh, I I'm, I side with Davin. I really don't like Tom Brady. Not that I don't respect him, because I I do think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. But as a Jets fan and what he's done to us, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I I can't do it. You know. Well, if anybody was going to take him down, it should have been Mahomes. But uh, I think you know, like everything you're saying too. I think the offensive line, right, with it being banged up with Fisher being out and you had guys moving over and playing different positions. And that's why I thought like what you just said, they should have had max max protection with that to help him out because the guy was running for his life on every single play. It was ridiculous. And why they didn't try to run the ball maybe to kind of counteract that a little bit and yeah, to help out Mahomes. 
and they were running the few times they did run the ball, it did work out. So why they, they didn't run the ball it. more, I don't know. It, yeah, that yeah. that part I was I I kept on saying throughout the game. I'm like, why aren't they running the ball more? I mean, you got pretty good running backs too. It's not like you got Le- well, forget about Le'Veon Bell, but you got Hilaire and uh, Williams and Daryl Williams. I mean, both these guys, and they've been running the ball well coming into this game. So why they didn't? I, I just you know, you talk about adjustments. We, I personally didn't see any adjustments from the first yeah. half. It was like the same game. And, 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 and Chris, you just reminded me of something when you're talking about the running the ball. Um, um, I think a basic football, um, if, you're, if your team is playing their safeties deep, what do you do? You try to run the ball to create a situation where they have to bring one or yeah. two of their safeties down. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So why don't why why are you not why are they not why weren't they doing that? That that's one of the things that just bothered me. It's like why why are why weren't they doing that? The fact that the, it just you know like you said, not enough adjusting to what the the the, the Bucks were doing. And, and like you said, the mistakes were all over the field for Kansas City with the drops, with the penalties. Yeah, the penalties were were not you know were horrible. I get it, but you know what? You know the if you know from the very beginning, if you know the refs are going to call this game tight, then you know what? You got to, you got to, you know, respond to that. You can't just say, Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll get this call. No, if you're not going to get calls, then, you know, you, you, you got to react to that. You can't just keep playing that way and making dumb mistake after dumb mistake. And that's what I seem like it happened. And yep. it was only one point or it was the last time I thought the chiefs were going to make a run and to, to do something was when they made that big stop on fourth and goal and they stopped the, the Bucs from scoring. They got yes. the ball back. I thought that was the drive that they were going to, you know, I thought Mahomes was going to drive them 90, whatever yards it was for the touch or at least the field, something. And you know what? We just didn't get that. And, and I didn't get that feeling at all that no. the Chiefs were coming back. And that's something yep. different. Like how many times have we seen the Chiefs come back, especially in the playoffs, you know, uh, not this season, but last season against the Texans, against the Titans, they were down 20 points against the Texans. What were they down? 24 points, I think. Yeah. And they came back and I just didn't feel that way that we were going to see that uh, on Sunday. And no, it's amazing because Mahomes is usually, you know, this amazing guy. And let me tell you, I'm not putting the game at all on him because no, he was running for his life and he was still able to get the ball to the receiver's hands and a couple of them to their faces and they still couldn't come back <laughs> with the catch. So yeah. the throws yeah. he was making like, like diagonally, like he was diving oh. and throwing it. And it was just amazing. And how his guys did not, you know, play for him. Not obviously they played, but how they made the mistakes that they did, they had chances to get back in this game and they literally dropped those chances. Um, yeah, and and they they dropped the chances. There's number one, and and I think you made another point that's just that just that just reeks of losing. Is on the other side of the ball, the the Bucks literally threw the ball short and ran the ball. They ran the ball thirty something times and just threw the ball short. I don't think Godwin ran down ran a deep route one time. It was Gronk and uh, and uh, what's the other wide receiver's name? Um, oh, Evans. Evans. Oh, oh Brown. 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 It was Brown. It, well, Brown had Brown. I don't think I don't remember Brown running a deep route too either. Yeah, like, no, if he I don't did. It was had, like very rare because Evans, it was he had a deep one, didn't he? It, yeah, it was. Yeah, he had multiple ones. It was right. Evans. It was Evans and Gronk. And and the thing about it was that was that it was the typical Tom Brady thing. Threw the ball short, dink and dunk, take a shot here and there, and run the damn ball. And and in my opinion, an answer to Todd Bowles' um, plan, game plan was that was what that's what the Chiefs should have been doing. You know, that's what the Chiefs should have been doing. The Chiefs should have been playing short the short game. You know, you literally have safeties deep. That means you. That means you could. Pay, um, take advantage of of um, of the of the shallow passes and the and the screens and stuff like that. And they did not. And and they should have, like you said. I think they. I think one at one point. I think Hale had a, like a twenty-something yard run on a draw play. 
Right. And I'm like, why aren't they doing this more? You know, why aren't they running the ball more? Yeah. And and I, they have the, the personnel to do the short passes that can become, you know, the home run. There you go. And why they didn't, I don't know. This is where, you know, <laughs> this is where a lot of Eagle fans will say, see, this is the Andy Reid we remember, not doing yeah. certain things, not running the ball, especially in the playoffs. But another issue, too, with special teams where their punter, he's a rookie, you know, and he didn't punt that much this year because they were so good. You know, right. he shanked, I think, two of them really bad. That was the, the one. Yeah, the one was so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you give yeah. and you give the, the Bucks. you know, if you listen, Brady is just like every other great player that if you make mistakes, he's going to make you pay for it. Right. Yep. And that's that goes with every sport in you know that we could think of when you make a mistake the great teams will always take advantage of those and will make you pay for every mistake and that's what they did you know you dropped the ball when you had a chance to, to make a play you know what my guy's gonna make a play now you know and, we're gonna and, go down and score a touchdown last point i'm gonna make i understand why people why they gave brady the the mvp because it's brady and it's a quarterback they always give the quarterback the mvp but somebody point out to me why Gronk is wasn't in the conversation, because uh, almost every ran every every time they ran the ball, they ran directly behind this dude. He was blocking on the edge, or he would fake block and leak out and go down the field 12, 15 yards. <laughs> exactly. He, he literally ignited that offense. He was the difference maker, in my opinion, on offense. Um, so him, him and Evans, of course, but I think even more, more so him because of, because of his blocking number one and what he could do downfield. So, and the chemistry he and Brady has, man, they, they really tore apart, uh, on what the Bucks were doing on, 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 on the. And one other thing with Gronk, Gronk, I think is starting to solidify himself as, as the greatest tight end, you know, he's not going to catch, um, Gonzalez's receiving numbers or touchdown numbers. So the numbers are going to be there for Gonzalez and he'll go down as the best in that sense. But Gronk playoff tight end without a doubt, the greatest and just all around. I mean, the guy blocks as good as anybody obviously catches. He's fat. You know, he's just, he's just amazing, you know, but obviously, like I said, Gonzalez is going to hold on to those numbers forever, probably, or until Kelsey or Kittle breaks him. But uh, uh, that's one thing. And another thing I think we got to start saying, and I don't know if you guys are going to agree, but Devin White is the best linebacker in football right now. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> the guy. And, and the reason why, <laughs> and, and the reason why I'll tell you the reason why I disagree. And, and I'm not disagreeing because I think he's bad because I think he's ridiculously good, but there's one guy on his team that's way better than him is Levante David. And Levante David has ranked in the top five at, at, at linebacker. Almost every year he's ever played football, nobody talks about him. No, it's I one know. of those guys I, that just bothers me that nobody I was gonna talks say, about when, how good he is. When you he's, talk about the MVP, I thought Devon, Devin White should have got it too. He and had the, 12 tackles and an yeah, interception. He, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and his speed and what he does um, flashes. And as a, as a, as a, when you look at, when you're looking at uh, um, on the broadcast tape, you've seen him running and, and blowing up plays and stuff like that. But what a player like Levante David does for you. I mean, man, you can't say enough about the kind of the, there was a, there was a, there was a couple plays talking about screens and, and what the chiefs were trying to do early in the game. I think there was a couple, there was a couple times where they, where they tried screens to either wide receivers or, or running backs. I, I, I can't remember the play specifically, and there was one in one in particular, which I have to go back to look at. But there was one in particular where Levante David saw that coming from a mile away. And they think he lost like four yards or something like that. That's the kind of plays that he makes. And nobody talks about it, but he does it regularly. Right. You know, that to me, to me, no lie. I think I think um, White is on his way to that or to what you said, the best linebacker. But he still has a little ways to go, man, because he's younger and and there's still uh, parts of his game to me in my, you know that's missing. 
but he is able to do what he's doing because of the guy right next to him. True. <laughs> and I think he's a free agent, Levante David. I Crazy, think. yeah? Somebody's going to pay that dude. Yeah. If the Bucks don't. Yep. Is he in or outside, Levante David? Inside. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> Won't be us. <laughs> He was outside, maybe, <laughs> but uh, but the thing about the thing about that guy is that I think he could play that too. He could play weak, um, weak side. Right. I think he could. You know, he's that kind of guy. That's Probably. why I think he's one of those guys that is ridiculous good. Nobody talks about. You know. Yeah, someone's he's definitely gonna get paid. It's gonna be it'll be interesting with what Tampa Bay does now because Sha- Shaquille Barrett is a free agent. Levante David yep. is a free agent. Uh, Sue is a free agent. So you got some big name guys that are free agents. So Fournette's a free agent. I could see them letting him go. Um, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of cap casualties, man, this year. Yeah. I'm telling Chris you. Godwin, of course, is a free agent. Yep. So we'll see. <laughs> um, Mr. Devin. <laughs> You there, Darren? Devin? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Sorry about that. I thought I said something, but I, I didn't know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here, but um, I think I think in all in general, I think Todd Bowles deserves uh MVP, um, and I think he deserves another chance at being the head coach. That sounds crazy, but yeah, no, he doesn't. I, hey, I agree with you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Whether it's disagree or not. He, he, no, he I agree with you. I totally oh, agree. Oh, with I thought you, you disagree. Oh yeah, no, 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 does. no, 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 totally does. agree. I, I, <laughs> I said I because 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 human, people always believe that human beings don't grow for some reason. They don't grow and learn. So because he he was not the best coach, head coach in uh, for the Jets, that doesn't mean that he's learned his lesson. Yeah, that, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was just the wrong. I think it was just the wrong place at the wrong time. And the wrong time, exactly. yes, sir. And, and yep. you know, now that he's he's with uh with Brady and 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 a, a sorry aliens and um in that team, and and he got those young guys. It definitely is going to be a a good chance. Not not you know maybe after this season coming up, we'll, 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 he'll he'll be a hot name to look out for. So. I think I think we'll we'll be hearing about him a lot more. So shout out to the Bucks on winning the of course the greatest quarterback of all time. Hate to say it, but Brady got the seventh ring. And there it goes. Sorry, sorry. The season is over. And we on to the offseason. And um one more thing. Again, we're sat Saturday or Sunday. Look out for our episode with Kyle. We will be getting more into the draft. But it's going to be two episodes a week now. Um, maybe, maybe YouTube soon. Who who knows? Um, that's it for our, that's it for our podcast. Please make sure to um, follow us on Twitter. We do this for y'all every week. Until next week, take a flight. Take a flight. Take a flight.